Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. ...with God and grow spiritually. And so we're kind of just, there's been identified seven primary pathways uh, that uh, people connect with God and uh, how people grow spiritually. And everyone's unique. God made you unique. You're a little bit different than your spouse and the person sitting next to you. Um, And understanding your pathway is similar to understanding your personality. And so it helps you relate to yourself, helps you relate to one another. And um, this uh, discussion especially is about connecting with God and growing spiritually. And when you identify what your natural pathway is, then you can... Uh, maximize it. If you didn't take the assessment, uh, it is available online, just uh, uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash pathway test. Bam, and it'll look just like this. And so I do have 10 copies. If anybody didn't get one, uh, it's just a little questionnaire. Does everyone have one and done one? Yes? Anyone need one? You need one? Okay. You can make paper airplanes out of it. Okay. (laughs) Great. So uh, it, it helps to uh, do it and do it from time to time because it reminds you. As a matter of fact, uh, a few weeks ago when I was preparing this, I, I took it again and I was actually going through a time of uh, not being emotionally happy. <laughs> I, don't know, I can't even remember what was going on, but I was like, there was some stuff going on. <clears throat> and, I, and I did this test mainly in preparation for this message, and um, was reminded that one of my primary pathways was creation. And so I said, man, I need to get outside. That's one, one of the problems. And so I, I changed my schedule that day, and I got myself squeezed out an hour and went to some woods near my house and just took an hour hike, and, and it, it broke something in me. It just helped me get over that little spiritual hump and um, and so once you find your pathway, <clears throat> you lean in to those primary pathways. So you identify what really works for you, and you get the most out of that by either putting more time or effort into that pathway. But then you also stretch into the different pathways, the pathways that are less natural to you or maybe a bit uncomfortable. And you develop those as well because maturity is learning or becoming competent in all of the pathways. All right. So it's just if you're if you're a relational pathway, which we talked about um, last week, it doesn't mean that oh you just get to hang around people and you don't get you don't have to do any of the other stuff. <laughs> all right. That is that will not lead to maturity. That will, you know you're just taking the easy road. But it, it doesn't mean avoid the easy road because that's where you get the most out of. So this week we're going to be looking at the intellectual pathway and the worship pathway. We're going to jump through two of them uh, and then uh, continue on in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> the intellectual pathway is a pathway that um, you draw close and connect with God as you learn more about Him and His ways. Okay, And so learning information is the primary way that you get something from God. Now remember, when we look at each one of these pathways, I'm going to be talking about it, you know, in the uh, extreme in the sense. 
where most people, in fact, everyone is a combination of several primary ones. So, you know, you know, uh, you have little patience for emotional approaches. So, a people, a person who is highly intellectual, will have very little tolerance, little impatience for uh, emotionalism in church because they just want to learn something, right? Because they see learning is spiritual. Why? Because that's how they experience spirituality. Okay, and just a, a small group of people just talk and share is just a waste of time for them, you know. But for the relational person, that's where they connect. Does this make sense? And so everyone's a, a mix. <clears throat> um, and uh, if you're an if your pathway is intellectual, probably you have a difficult time uh, with just emotional approaches to God. Or someone gets up and says, they starts talk they t- start talking, you know, touchy feely stuff, and you're just like, can I leave? <laughs> you flip open your phone and and, and you just so thinking trumps feeling if you're this kind of person. And again, um, uh, there is a correlation between your personality type, but there's not a direct connection between your personality type and your pathway. So you may be intellectual, you may be a, a um, uh, you know um, a type A type personality, uh, but the way you connect with God may be totally different. Uh, you, you may be more of a worship person when, when you connect with God. But often there's a... Uh, so in your, uh, your natural life, you may be more think-oriented, but when you connect with God, you tap into feelings. And that's okay. All right. So don't think that this is just a personality test. There There's differences. You can connect with God a little different than your personality, but there's often overlap. But if you're a, <clears throat> uh, your pathway in, in regards to spiritual stuff is is intellectual uh, thinking trumps feeling. If you have a if there's a testimony service where people are getting up talking about experiences, what they felt, you're sitting there going, okay, where's the beef? You know, where's the substance? Can we please get done with this? All right. So this was really easy for me to talk about because I this is one of my higher ones, and I have been in services that lasted hours. Hours and hours, where all they did was have people do testimonies, you know, and it's great, you know. I'm like, that was great. Okay, now let the preacher come up. <laughs> oh, another testimony. Praise God. All right, yeah, it was just like the one before. Got it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, you know that's, that's quoting me. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, your devotional time, and you don't just have a Bible, you have a commentary, you know, or several commentary dictionaries. You know, you read a word, you go, oh, what's that mean in the Greek, you know? And you just, you just figure out how to learn that stuff, and you find it, and that's really good. Uh, you write a lot of notes. I used to write a lot of notes. Uh, on even most mundane verses, you're constantly jotting down stuff in, that, in the margin of your Bible. Why? Because that's the way your, your relationship with God, that's where you get fed, and that is a very good thing. You love to, to study, to take classes, you go to seminars. <clears throat> uh, most people with this pathway could do with less music and singing at church and more sermon. You know, they're like, could we just get past that, please? Or they show up 15 minutes late because they know they're just going to miss a few songs. <laughs> you know, or someone uh, with a worship pathway, you know, they, they, the worship, they, they'll cut out during the sermon to, 
<laughs> These are somewhere else. Um, when and only when you are totally convinced of something can you go forward with conviction. And so conviction is built on being convinced. You have a good argument, understanding of the biblical basis, you know why, and, and until you have that in place, then you can't really move forward. Now someone with a relational um, pathway, you know, they don't need to know what's going on. As long as people they love are involved in it, they're into it too, right? So they can move forward with conviction because, man, we're doing it as a group. Right? <clears throat> and, you know, whether they understand it or not. But someone in this pathway, they need to know, what's the, what's the scripture? What's your biblical basis? Show me that in the Bible, right? And, um, and so that's really good. And God's uh, put these different types of people in so that the church is balanced. Um, some scriptures that kind of maybe might be your favorite scriptures or <laughs> scriptures that talk about this way to connect with God is uh, one is found in, there's tons of them, but uh, Romans uh, 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, I want my mind renewed. I need to learn truth. Uh, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you going to prove what's right? You got to know what's right. How do you know what's right? You learn what's right, right? And so it's the study, you know. And then people who just like, oh, well, I felt something. You go, big deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, there's uh, another scripture, uh, Timothy, uh, uh, Paul speaking to. His spiritual son is says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so this idea that, man, this is how you connect with God. And, and again, like I, I said last week, there's, there's whole churches, there's denominations, there's streams of churches that are kind of clustered around a particular pathway. So there's lots of churches where, man, you want to connect with God, this is it. This is it. And they preach so much about the Bible that you almost like don't need God as long as you have the book. You know, but the book, Jesus says, this book's, book leads you to me. right? And the, and the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they, di they didn't see Jesus because they just saw the book, right? right. And, and so there's understanding that connection. As, as long, we'll get to this in a minute. But, um, and so when you're around people like that, Actually, you just, you just, it's helpful for me to see that, oh, that's their pathway, and they connect with God that way, and that's a good thing. And we can learn. If, you, if it's not your pathway, you can learn from them, all right? And, and, and whether or not it's your pathway, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. The Bible says, have your mind renewed. And so whether it's not your pathway, you still have to pursue those things. I like um, an example of, in, that I think clearly demonstrates this pathway in a very personal way is the author of, of Luke and the book of Acts, where he said, <clears throat> It seemed good to me also having perfect understanding of all things. You just kind of see the kind of person that, that Luke was. Just that he was able to say, listen, I have perfect understanding of all things. <laughs> Maybe he needs a little humility, I don't know, but God included his book in the Bible, so <laughs> probably pretty good. Um, from the very first, to write to you an orderly account. 
that you may know the certainty of those things which you were instructed. So Luke is coming along, uh, writing to his friend Theopolis, saying, listen, I've really studied this, I've put it all in order, and I've laid it out clearly so that you can have a certainty. So here's someone with certainly an intellectual pathway communicating the message, and of course, thank God for it, because we have the awesome book of Luke and the account of the early church, Acts, written by him. Other examples would be Paul, the Reformers, which would be like Kelvin and Luther and all those guys, um, because they really understood that it is through Scripture that uh, God speaks uh, and brought a balance to that. People like C.S. Lewis, Ravi Zacharias uh, uh, are along those things. So if that's you, you need to build on your strength. So study the Bible. Don't just read it. And a lot of people don't realize there's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. All right? Everybody needs to do both. All right, you need to read the Bible so you get a good, big overview of it. And, uh, and then you need to study the Bible so that you don't know what you're reading. All right? Find out who wrote it, why they wrote that particular portion, what's the purpose of that, what type of literature it is. Um, you know, find out what those words mean. Read a, a certain verse or passage in several different translations. Learn how to study. Learn how to study. Uh, challenge yourself intellectually by learning new ways to study. You know, there's tons of different ways to study. You can do character studies, you can do book studies, you can do word studies, uh, you can do thematic studies, topical studies, all kinds of different studies that you can do. There's endless amount of books and uh, resources to help you uh, find different ways. So, you know, what I've found in my life is I'll study a particular way, and, and after a while you kind of get bored you know, studying a particular way. And so you need to challenge yourself and say, boy, it's been a long time since I've done a character study. I'm just going to learn everything I can. The Bible says about David or Jonah or, you know, pick a, pick a character and study them out. <clears throat> um, read great books. Um, find a good book on a subject. Read it because that will feed your spirit. Read commentaries. Uh, find good commentaries. Don't rely on one commentary. Uh, if you're reading a commentary, find out who wrote that commentary, all right? Because if, if it's a Reformed theologian, a Calvinist, let me tell you that their theology is going to influence how they tell you what the Greek and Hebrew actually means, okay? And then find someone from the other camp, <laughs> you know, Armenian uh, non-Calvinist, uh, um, who reads the same scripture and tells you that the Greek and the Hebrew says this. And then you go, wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, because you have two different points of view. Because a person's personal conviction is going to leak into how they read something. But read the commentaries. Find a couple that, that you can, your go-to commentaries. I have a couple of go-to commentaries. I generally read them first. And then I read a couple of the other ones uh, to make sure there's a good balance. And sometimes I'll find nuggets in those other ones. You know, uh, again, nowadays with the computers, it's, it's just, there's so much available for free right on your phone. Um, <clears throat> read books by those with whom you disagree. All right? Huge. Huge. Don't just read books you already agree with. You're not going to learn anything. You're just going to be convinced that you're right. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, expand the horizons. So find someone that's saying something that you you just 
to have a difficult time with. And God took me to a, through a season where I had to read people, people's books, people that I didn't like, that were spiritual leaders that I just thought were distasteful. And I read some of their books, and I walked away going, oh, I had to repent. I'm like, wow, these people have had incredible experience, and God has used them so much, there's so much truth. And so maybe I don't like the way they do services or the way they preach or talk or dress or sound, but I can't deny that God is using them to do amazing things. So it's a great way to stretch yourself. Uh, Find like-minded others in order to keep learning, because if you stop learning, you become stagnant. So if this is your pathway, man, you should be here on Tuesday nights, because Dale is this, all right? He knows he's one of the best Bible teachers, and he, he brings he's got the balance of biblical knowledge along with practical ways to implement into your life in a very real, powerful way. And, uh, and then he gathers together as a group, and so you're, that's perfectly it. It's like-minded others uh, learning new stuff, and I love that Dale takes us into new areas, exposes you know, new books and ideas, but he's got that, uh, that deep foundation of theological understanding that goes back you know, decades and, and, and was uh, taught in Bible college. Seminary. Take classes, attend conferences, seminars. Uh, develop a spiritual formation plan for your mind. A lot of people don't understand what that means. A spiritual formation. So a plan to form, right? To, to develop your, um, your intellect and your understanding of God's Word. Develop that. Figure out a plan. How are you going to, like between now and five years from now, what do you want to know better? Okay, and then how are you going to get there? Some people have never read the whole Bible. Okay, great. You've never read the whole Bible. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> you know, I've had people I've put in church leadership and come to find out they'd never read the whole Bible. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. You know what? Do it. Okay. Uh, you know, just figure it out. It's just you read a few pages a day. Within a year, you've read the whole thing, or bust out a book at a time. Uh, take all the little books, get those all done, break up the big books, read them in sections. You can, it's, it's really not that big of a book. It just looks big. Uh, but you can easily, in a year's time, uh, read the whole Bible. But you need to say, okay, what, what, what do I lack? Maybe I'm not good at this part of the theology, or I don't understand this very well. Or how do, Okay, how can I get better at that? That's developing a plan to grow yourself uh, your, your spiritual formation for your mind, how to grow yourself, and it requires thinking through where you want to be. And, income, and if you don't know, well, ask me, and I can give you some ideas, or ask Mark, or ask Dale. Boy, Dale, I don't know anything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Could you recommend something? Dale, I don't know anything about uh, how the Bible is arranged, uh, Systematic theology is what they call it. Uh, you know how it all fits together. Oh, read this. This will really help. And then do this. Oh, okay, great. And so have a plan. Uh, teach a class. There's no better way to learn something than to have to teach it. Okay, because it forces you to get the information, put it in a, a, a orderly fashion, and then re- communicate it. Uh, and so teach a class on something. Maybe teach a Sunday school class or do a special uh, meeting where you bring together some people or a small group where you gather together to go through something. It's a very powerful way to grow. So some cautions. If you have this pathway, <clears throat> don't feel guilty 
if you don't connect or get emotional during worship. All right? So someone else is raising their hands, they're singing out loud, they're jumping, you know, Mark's jumping on stage, you know. <laughs> and you're going, uh, I guess I'm not spiritual. Or envy. Oh, I wish I could feel what they're feeling. You know, can't do that. It's just You're not wired that way, it's okay. You can still aspire for that, you know. God, sometimes I'd like to feel you, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's okay to ask. But don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're less than them. And don't judge others. And this is really the tendency for people in this pathway is to judge others, uh, thinking that they're not really committed because they don't study God's Word. I mean, you, you, you bring up a, a book of the Bible and they didn't even know it existed, right? <laughs> you're like, what, what? You don't even know there's a book called, you know, Hezekiah? <laughs> There's no book called Hezekiah. <laughs> so don't judge people they may not understand. Or someone comes up and they're all excited about something, they use a verse completely out of context and, and for something that it totally doesn't mean. And you just like, this, this, are they even saved? You know? <laughs> and you just realize, oh, praise God, you know, there's people different than me. <laughs> Guard against becoming all head and no heart. All right, all head and no heart. That's that's the big key here because you're primarily a head person, but you need to realize there's a balance here. Don't confuse being smart with being spiritually mature. Having information but lacking maturity just makes you dangerous. All right. First uh, Corinthians says, <clears throat> Paul says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, man, if, if you understand everything. And have uh, all faith, even if you have incredible faith, that could move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So this puts it in relationship with the other issues, that love really trumps everything. Information should always lead to an encounter. Okay, so if learning information should lead you to the place of love, where you encounter God in a, in a relationship and others in relationship. And if it's not, then that information has not produced the result that God intends it yet. Okay, you need to study it some more and implement it. Some ways to stretch. Devote yourself to corporate and private worship and prayer. Let learning lead to adoration. Okay, so this might be more of a discipline where if you have a worship pathway, which we're talking in a minute, uh, it's real easy for you to do worship. And it's more of a discipline to study. For you, it'll be a discipline. In other words, you have to learn how to do it, train yourself to do it, <clears throat> whether you feel like it or not. But get in to worship. Sing loud. So uh, I'm much more of an intellectual uh, pathway and, and uh, than a worship pathway. Uh, but, you know, in worship, I'm into it. And I, I've learned how to connect with God powerfully. Not often, but powerfully. Uh, this morning, I felt God. Uh, during the song service. Find ways to grow your spirit and soul in addition to your mind. Understand that this, your mind is just a, one part of your, body, of your being, and your soul, your emotions, your will, and your spirit, that, that, the, the supernatural, eternal aspect of you that's in relationship with God needs to grow. The purpose of my instruction, Paul writes, is that all believers would be filled with love. Or the purpose, the end of the law, 
which is the version I prefer, the end of the law is love. In other words, the culmination of God's word is to produce love. And so that's where our aim is. And then constantly assess your ability to be loving while expressing ideas about what you believe, right? Because generally people like this, they have all the proof, but sometimes they can say it in a way that doesn't uh, communicate love, and you need to learn how to do that. Serve others using what your gift that God's given you. Uh, you know a lot, use it to serve others. And uh, spend time looking up, not just looking up words, all right? Not just looking up passages, but get your head out of the book, right? Look up. Look at others. Look at creation. Look at God. All right? Because that, that'll stretch you so that you uh, experience God in other ways. All right, I want to get into this very important worship pathway. We are a worshiping church. Our spiritual DNA uh, is a worship, so it's a big priority in all of our churches that we emphasize worship and want people to develop worship, uh, learn how to worship. And so we generally attract work people with a worship pathway because that's a big emphasis, and God's given us a, a gift of a lot of people, musicians, song leaders. <clears throat> uh, it seems it can seem contrary or opposite to the intellectual pathway. It really isn't. None of them are. It just happens to uh, sometimes conflict. Uh, a person with a worship pathway has a deep love of corporate praise and worship. And when they think of church, they're thinking of singing songs with other people, hands lifted up, music going. That's that's church, all right. Um, they love the first half of church, right? And they, they may dread or at least have a hard time tolerating uh, the second half. You know, and you can just tell people that are like that. You know, uh, they kind of tune out once the preaching starts. You know, but uh, during worship, man, they're right into it. Now, if you have a mix of pathways, you may kind of like both, and that's all right because all of us have a mix. Or if you're just mature and have grown, you've learned that you need both. All right, uh, and so that's the goal. But in difficult times, it's worship that's most healing. If you're intellectual pathway. In a difficult time, you turn to Scripture, you're reading a verse, maybe you're memorizing a verse, you're confessing a verse out loud, uh, you get a truth and it changes you. But if you have worship pathway, if you're through in stress or, or, or uh, going through oppression, you put on worship music and you just feel your spirit lift. It's because you have a worship pathway, you connect with God that way. Um, <clears throat> it's healing. You feel worship as well as hear it. You engage emotionally with the music and song, all right? And so it stirs up this idea of, of feelings and emotions within you when you're singing or when the music's playing. You know, uh, uh, we see this King David, when he'd play the music, it would, it would soothe uh, uh, King Saul when he was oppressed. All right, and so that power of music to soothe. Listen, some people that's really strong. Other people, it's like, could you please turn off the music? It's distracting me. <laughs> I can't work if there's music playing. Like no matter what I'm doing. Like some people, they like to have music playing when they're working, building something, or fixing something. First thing, man, turn it off. Okay, because <laughs> it distracts me. You know. All right, if the music's done poorly, you tune out. You come in, and it's not at least competent. It doesn't have to be great, but 
and you're just real sensitive to that. <clears throat> you have lots of worship music. You're listening to it all the time. Usually these folks know all of the latest worship leaders. When I get around folks like this, they're, they're just bouncing names around, and I'm completely clueless. I have no idea who they're talking about. Because even if I listen to somebody's music, I don't even know who did it. It's, it's gone. Um, constantly find yourself singing. <clears throat> it's hard for you to feel spiritual if music or song isn't involved in some way, uh, or especially corporate worship, singing with others, uh, especially if you're relational as well as worship. So that just kind of describes you. Some examples, King David, he wrote most of the Psalms. You know, He's an interesting character because uh, he's a warrior, but he's a singer. And uh, he's he, clearly a musician. And um, uh, so... Uh, some of, the, some of the psalms express it this way. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And if you're breathing, you need to be singing, right? And on some of the intellectual pathways, I go, I'll do it because the God's word tells me to. <laughs> but I don't get it, right? <laughs> but the people who get it, oh, man, everybody needs to be singing. Sing, sing. You know, you want life to be a musical. You walk through the streets and people walk out the door singing, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> so anyway, Psalm, I like this one, Psalm 92. It is, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a ten-stringed harp or a six-string guitar and a four-string bass and drum sets. There you go. Boom, uh, and uh, and the melody of a lyre, uh, lyre, however you say that. You thrill me. Look at that. You thrill me, Lord, uh, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you've done. You see the emotion in this that's connected to singing and worship. Why? Because the psalmist, that's how they were wired. And they express that uh, to them. So uh, contemporary examples would be worship bands like Jesus Culture, Chris Tomlin, Keith Green for some of us older folks, uh, Luther for really old folks. <laughs> yeah, Luther wrote a ton of, he was known, he was a musician, you know, a mighty fortress. And most of Luther's hymns were set to music of bar tunes, the contemporary music of his day. That's another reason why they all... The religious people didn't like him because he's converting bar tunes to Christian songs. So build on your strength. Find ways to experience worship often. Listen, if you connect with God that way, then you need to connect with God that way, all right, on a daily basis. Uh, get the worship CDs. Buy the music. Download it. It's so easy now. It's all free online. And uh, Use your phone. Whatever it takes. Go to worship events. Uh, as much as possible. Make your car, your office, your home sanctuaries of praise. So I think I mentioned last week I got a friend that in their car, they, they, every time they get in the car, the music is playing constantly. It's constantly playing, you know, and that's their pathway. But that's very, very, very important to them. Uh, to do that. And if it's yours, then you need to do that and find ways to do that. Learn about other worship traditions and integrate aspects into your worship life. You know what? There's lots of different. We worship in a particular way, but there's 
there's so many different types of worship. Liturgical worship, you know, we have more contemporary songs, but hymns, resuscitations, all kinds of different ways to worship, different styles of worship. And, and listen, experience, go to a service, you know, of a church that does it completely different and, and, and kind of just taste and see and some of the good nuggets that they have incorporate into your life. <clears throat> it, it's a way to, to build on your strength. Learn an instrument. Okay, learn how to play. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can learn how to play something so that you can actually go that next step instead of just listening to music, you're actually playing music. It doesn't matter if you never get good enough to play in front of people. You can play in front of the Lord by yourself, a little tune, and take it the next step. Take singing lessons. You know, it's it's it may sound you know like you never thought about, but listen, you want to sing better in church. Find someone to give you some lessons. You don't have to take them for years. Usually, actually, a few months of singing lessons can take you up a notch, and you'll experience it more, and so will the people sitting next to you in the church. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Attend worship events. There's lots of them now. Memorize scripture and sing it. Okay, so if if it's hard for you to study, sing scripture. Much of scripture was written as songs. Much of the prophets and almost all of the Psalms are songs. And even in the New Testament, we have portions that were songs. And so it's completely appropriate to sing it. Don't hold back in church, even if everyone else is. All right? Let it loose. We need you. <laughs> all right? The rest of us who don't like get it, the, you know, like you get it, need you to put that emotion into the congregation, right? You emote it, and so you sing a little louder, you lift your hands, you maybe dance a little bit, you get enthusiastic, that's okay. Go for it, lean into that. Uh, Some cautions. Don't judge other people or churches who don't get it uh, or are less enthusiastic. It's just like the intellectual. Um, uh, Some people, man... To get them to to sing above, you know, a, a mumble is a major deal. Uh, to get them to raise their hands, I still it's kind of I've been doing it so long, that, and I don't even remember the first time I raised my hands because I was pretty overcome in the Holy Spirit in that season of my life. But you know, as a kid, we never did it. <coughs> Sometimes at some point, I must have realized you're supposed to raise your hand. <laughs> you know. But uh, some people, that's a big deal. And if you're in a worship pathway, it's like, oh, man, you just love God, praise Him. And so someone, like, you have a hard time raising your hand? Like, really? Just just raise your hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they'll go like this, you know, or maybe like this. Yeah, just like this, you know. Ah! Okay, but don't judge other people if they're less enthusiastic. Encourage them. uh, Give them an example. Don't get offended if people think you are too into worship or a little off balance in that way. Just don't get offended, all right? Because the person with the intellectual pathway may never understand you, and that's okay, all right? Don't carry offense uh, if someone doesn't understand that this is the way you connect. And maybe, maybe help them by saying, this is just how I connect and respect them. And likewise, don't be intimidated by people of other pathways. And so you don't know the Greek, you don't know the 
Hebrew, you don't even know the names of the books of the Bible, <laughs> but you can connect with God in a powerful way. Right? Don't feel intimidated by the, that. But, on the other hand, you need to guard against an experienced-only based spirituality that always has, has you looking for the next high. All right? And this is actually a danger in a, especially charismatic churches and churches uh, with a strong contemporary worship you know, because we experience something uh, in that corporate worship, you can kind of, if you're not careful, think that that is spirituality. And so if I, I can't just, I can, if I can't experience it on that level, you know, then you feel disappointed. So you're constantly looking just for the next fix. Um, and that is dangerous because that's not what it's supposed to lead you to. Okay, so you can learn how to experience God and develop a worship lifestyle, but not get caught into, I need to experience something as good or a little better in order to be spiritual. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> don't allow worship, a worship song, so this is a caution, don't allow a worship song to lack truth just because it's moving, because you like it, or it happens to be popular. All right. Often, some of the most popular worship songs are not scriptural. Okay, they're saying something that isn't true. <laughs> All right, and it's really hard for us with the intellectual pathway when when the worship leader sings that song every Sunday passionately. When there's that verse, that's like, well, that is a clear contradiction of just about the whole Bible. <laughs> All right, but people don't even know. I mean, and then you sit down and you go, "Have you actually thought about these words? Look at what it's saying." And they go, "Oh, oh, you know, oh I never thought about that." You know? And this is not infrequent, okay, folks. This is like common, all right, uh, in worship songs because people write a song and it sounds good and it takes off and nobody really thinks about it. And maybe if you talk to that, that songwriter, they would be able to explain it in a way that you know maybe makes sense. But the way it just comes across is like, wow. <clears throat> All right. Don't idolize worship or worship leaders. It's just like a, a person with a intellectual pathways can put the book in front of God. A person with this pathway can put worshiping in front of the God we worship. All right. And understand there is a difference. That worship is the expression of value and significance and appreciation and love that you have for a person, God Almighty, for Jesus Christ, for our Father, for the Holy Spirit. And how we express that is just how we express that. It's not uh, worship is different. So ways to stretch. Engage in study. Make your mind filled so that your heart and emotions are solidly rooted. So get into God's Word so that you can know what those, those songs mean and you can actually have more to worship about the more you know. <clears throat> Serve others in concrete ways as an extension of worship. So, yeah, worship services are great and singing is great, but sometimes you actually have to do something. <laughs> it's a joke, come on. <laughs> 
only partly joking. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it, it means helping a poor person or, or helping somebody clean out, uh, you know, a, a, a flooded basement or, you know, showing up at church to do this or that or teaching in Sunday school or doing nursery even though you'd rather be in the worship service, you know. All of those kind of things are ways that you can stretch yourself. <clears throat> Remain committed to your faith community, which normally is a church, even when the worship might not be as good as you'd like. All right. So you know what? Yeah, we'd all like to go to that church that has the incredible, you know, I know a church that has spent more money on their sound system. Uh, actually, they spent more money on their lights than we spent on our whole building. Uh, you know, and they just spent half that much on a new sound system, quarter of a million dollars on the sound system. It's like, You know, and it's great. You know, it's like, wow, it's a quarter of a million dollar sound system, you know, with a half a million dollars of lights. You know, that's pretty intense. But you know what? We don't have that. You know, actually, I have the cheapest sound system. <laughs> we're, we're working on upgrading it, but it's amazing it still works because it, it was the cheapest one I could find <laughs> uh, here. <laughs> but we're, we're eventually building it up. All right. Understand that worship is not synonymous with music or song. Okay, I think I talked about that before. Worship and song is just one expression of of, of uh, music and song is just one expression of worship. You can worship God, uh, you know, in many many different ways. It's expressing worth. Discover how to worship using each of the pathways. So how can you turn a relational setting into a worship? How can you bring that worship, the adoration of God? The, the, the love uh, for him and his truth into a small group, into a relationship, into studying, into serving. Uh, it's all worship. This is just uh, how to stretch into those new ways. All right. <clears throat> so those are the intellectual and the worship pathways. Next week, we're going to look at the activist and the contemplative yeah, it, they are kind of the opposites. Uh, activist and contemplative pathway, and following that, the serving and creation pathway. Uh, if you want to learn more, the Sacred Pathway book by Gary Thomas, as well as a bunch of online sources uh, you can do. And then there's that link to the test. Why don't we all stand up, and I'll just close with a word of prayer. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> let's just turn our attention to God. You know, Jesus said when you're gathered in his name that he would be present. He actually said that. You can look it up. It says it in the scripture. And Jesus is not a liar. There's one thing that's true about Jesus. He doesn't lie. And the Bible says that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that means that since we're here gathered in his name, Jesus is present in the room. Where is Jesus? He's right here. And he is the provider of all your needs. And so if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ to follow him with your whole life, you know, he would look at people and say, follow me. He'd say, leave everything behind and follow me. If you haven't said yes to that, you can say yes to him right now because he's in the room. Or if you're someone who said yes, but you haven't been following him well, you can say, Jesus, help me follow you better. Or if there's something in your life that you need help in, he is here. He's the answer. 
And um, so, Father, I just pray, just turn your eyes upon Jesus right now. Father, I pray, and Jesus, I ask you to communicate your love and truth and acceptance to every person here. Father, whether they're a worship pathway, intellectual pathway, relational pathway, or one of the other ones, Father, however we connect with you, Father, I pray that you, supernatural, you know how we're wired, that you would stretch out your hand, that your virtue would touch our bodies, our minds, our spirits, and our souls right now to encounter you in a life-changing way. Lord, and we commit this next week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, to seek you out, to put you first, to be the light for this part of uh, our, for our mission field, the place we live. And I bless each and every person here in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.